Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Psalm 27? Yep, 27. Um, I asked a question of what is David facing? David is a psalmist here. Um, and it says in verse 2 and on that there are evildoers who, quote-unquote, will eat up his flesh. So they're pretty aggressive mm -hmm. and coming to get him. He has adversaries, adversaries. and foes. He has... Uh, possible armies. armies camping against him and so we know david's life uh as we read uh if we look in against samuel that yeah like this is what he's facing and um so how would he have been feeling and we see the word fear and afraid come up in the first three verses uh several times so we know he's pretty scared and fearful mm -hmm. um, but how does david respond to these emotions and these negative feelings and fears well we see that he remembers who God is in verse 1, that God is his light and salvation. He's the stronghold of his life. We see that he seeks God's face in verse 4. He cries out to God in verse 9. And then he waits for the Lord in verse 14. So I thought uh, for myself, how do I respond when there are fears or negative emotions? Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that naturally I want to cocoon into myself and just isolate. I want to check out of reality or not think about things. Or I try to look for things that I can control mm -hmm. when I feel out of control to feel some sort of security. Or I wallow maybe in self-pity or despair and discouragement. And I thought, what can I learn from David here? Uh, when these feelings come, I need to remember God. I need to remember his character. I need to take my eyes and focus off my situation, off of myself, not isolate myself and go to God's word to remind myself of this bigger reality of who God is, his character, and really bring God into the picture. Mm -hmm. And I was just also thinking, um, Sarah shared from verse one, but like, I, yeah, another angle I was thinking about uh, in addition to that is where it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Uh, and therefore, uh, David is able to say, of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, I was just thinking as Christians, well, we have God who's our light, who's our stronghold, and he's dependable and trustworthy. And so we too can express uh, these same sentiments of, of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, we ultimately, we don't have anything or anyone to fear, even if there are discouraging circumstances or events happening around us. But I, I was thinking people in our world without Christ, they don't have this. They do not have a dependable or trustworthy source to look to in this life. And so they cannot say with confidence what David or what we are able to say, they actually have much to be afraid of. They are driven by fears. So as I just think about the students we meet, um, students we mentor on a weekly basis, just however well they may seem put together, we, we actually know that they have fears and insecurities because they do not have God. Um, and of course, I'm speaking about the non-Christian students. And so, yeah, we do have good news to share with them. Okay, moving on to verse 10, uh, it says, uh, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Uh, just kind of a side point here. Um, well, this verse made me think about how sometimes even those closest to us, they may cause us hurt and pain. And I think about all the families and specifically the parents who may be displeased towards some of us for our desires to live in obedience to God. Uh, they may think we're like being overly zealous or I know a lot of conversations that are Brothers and sisters are happening in our church, uh, are having in our church with family members because they're looking to move away, change jobs to less prominent companies for the sake of church planting. And, and Sarah and I, we experienced this when we first moved to Austin. It was a tough time because, yeah, kind of both of our parents, specifically my parents too, they weren't all for it. 
I mean, I took a huge pay cut to go to Austin. Sarah was pregnant with our first child, so my parents weren't mm-hmm. happy. Uh, they're like, you're taking our first grandchild away from yeah. us. Uh, but, you know, when we face this difficulty, you know, we can be reminded that the Lord will be there with us. Uh, last point in verse 14, it says, uh, wait for the Lord. And uh, waiting for the Lord isn't very passive. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's very active. Yeah. And we see this in David, how he prays for protection. He's intentionally remembering mm-hmm. who God is and his character. He sings and he cries out loud. So, yeah, we see he's just really active in this. And so the discouraging circumstances around him don't keep him down. Mm-hmm. And so waiting for the Lord isn't just inactivity or just kind of hoping God will you know, bring some yeah. lightning or res- revel- uh, revelation to us. It's this hopeful anticipation in what God will do as we actively obey and trust mm-hmm. in God. And I see what we're trying to do in 2021 church planning as a picture of this. The circumstances around the world are discouraging, but as a church, we are active. We're waiting on the Lord. We're looking forward to how God will answer our prayers and our acts of obedience and trust in Him. Mm, Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.